All right, everybody, welcome to uh, Unscripted One-on-One, and today I'm very honored to have a very special guest with us um, from Hilliard Schools. We have Stacy Raderman with us today. She is the Director of Communications, I believe it is, yep. uh, and hopefully I'm getting that title right, but uh, Stacy and I met because we're both on the Hilliard Chamber Board, um, and, uh, and so we've just had a chance to get to know each other, and, and where we are right now in the world with schools and everything else i thought it might be a good chance to have someone from the school district on with me so um very very thankful and, and um that she's gracious enough to give us our time today so um stacy do you want to introduce yourself in case i missed any gaps there introduce yourself to the uh, audience i think you got it perfectly and i, I want to apologize i know you asked for the superintendent <laughs> so he sends his apologies um you know it's just it is a crazy crazy time and going 100,000 miles a minute. So I'm glad I was able to be here, but he, you know, he, he does send his apologies. I'm sure he'd love to do this at some time down the road. And I knew when I asked the question that it was probably going to be no, but like I said, uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I figured I'd, you know, give it a shot, but uh, respect Dr. Marshallson so much. And that was one of the things I wanted to say right up front is I'm glad I don't have either one of your jobs. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure it's a wonderful job. I'm just glad it's not mine. <laughs> so um, speaking of jobs, can we start there? I, I am so fascinated by your early career. Because I know when we moved to Columbus, I believe you were on the radio. Is that right? So can you explain what station you were on and, and really what led you to radio? Yeah, so um, so it started, I, I went to Ohio University and I was in the journalism program there. And basically radio was my first career. I mean, I spent, you know, 20 years in radio. Um, I, you know, started small markets, uh, made it to Columbus, you know, at one point I worked for WNCI as the traffic person flying in a helicopter, wow. moved, moved around different places um, and uh, ended up, you know, for the end of my radio portion of the career, I was with Clear Channel, it's iHeartRadio now, and, um, you know, I was a reporter for the news station WTVN, but then um, I, you know, ended with being part of the WCOL morning show with Woody and Zuko and the wake-up call, um, and now the woman that's there now, Kayla, is actually a Hilliard graduate, too, so, you know, we've got this Hilliard connection going with that radio station. But, you know, that was that was my whole career. Um, and, you know, we had kids. My husband was also in radio and we, we have kids and we were starting to do, you know, appearances at 10 o'clock at night and weekends were eaten up with that. And as our kids started playing sports and being involved in activities, it just became something that was just, you know, more and more difficult to do. And, you know, I, I will say that radio was my dream job and I loved every minute of it. It, it was the best thing in the world. I love what I'm doing now. It's just, it's totally different. <laughs> I joke that, you know, the first 20 years of my life, I was paid to say whatever I wanted. And now I'm paid to <laughs> talk to people and make sure everyone's happy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, you yeah. do a fantastic job with both. I, I do remember you on the radio and um, I've always had a dream of being on radio at some point. I, they say I have a face for radio. So. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take that too. <laughs> so, no, I I, uh, I always thought it was a fascinating career, but I could see how you would want to make that pivot, um, you know, with sure. family. It's I can't imagine the hours. And, you know, and, and the, the thing with radio, when I started, I was I was a journalism major, so I, I loved doing the news part. The news was wonderful, and then being a 
uh, part of uh, Woody with Woody and Zuko and those guys. It was just, it was so much fun every day. It was something different every day. And I always thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to go into a job where I sit at a desk from nine to five and, you know, answer to one person or five people or whatever it is. And, you know, and just sit there and do it. And fortunately this career <laughs> change, uh, which I will be honest with you, when I first started it, um, I thought it was going to be a one to two year kind of gig and you know it would help me transition maybe into corporate PR or something like that um I've I've fallen in love with it I've fallen in love my kids are in the district and I've fallen in love you know again I get paid to say this but fallen in love with the district and I'm really proud of the work we do here and can't imagine being anywhere else and going into my eighth school year now so I've been here almost as long as I was on WCOL wow <laughs> Yeah, and I've, I've met Woody uh, once, and I think I met Kayla once, and both times they were both great. Just, just yeah. wonderful, wonderful people. So I can great, imagine yeah. that was a great ride. But um, so as we transition, and, and I, you you made a great, again, this is unscripted for, for you and for everybody else watching it. Literally, there's no script here. There's no template that we're going off of. So um, Just like radio, <laughs> telling you. <It's, laughs> no yeah, idea what's going to happen one minute to the next in radio. <laughs> absolutely. We're just ripping and running right now. So we'll see what happens. But um, no, I, I uh, as we transition to, I think really the thing that most people will, will be most, not that your career wasn't interesting, because I think it's great. I, I could talk about it all day. But um, obviously getting into the school thing, I, I did want to kind of set up a, um, we're, we're in such a toxic, crazy, wild time that none of us have a clue what we're doing, I think at the most part. We're really building the bike as we're riding it downhill. Um, and so I think for that, in this next conversation with schools, um, I wanted to give kind of a, I guess, safe word might not be the right thing, but um, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say, because I don't know what's, what's in bounds and what's not. And you've been very gracious in saying that, um, Hilliard Schools is a very much an open book and I appreciate that. So let me first say, um, like you said, you, you're, you're paid to say it. I'm not, but in a way I might be because my wife is on, is, sure. is, is a teacher within the district. Um, that being said, I, I'm not paid. My wife is, but we obviously share our income, but, um, but no, I, I, I am the spouse of an, empl uh, an employee in, of Hilliard Schools and my two kids and, and, used to be three kids go there um so um that being said this conversation really doesn't come from either one of those i i'm, I'm just curious and i wanted to give you all a platform um whatever platform this might be the one or two people that watch it um or listen to it but um i wanted to give you all a platform to answer the questions that i think a lot of people have um, but i also wanted to give you a space to say that's a question that maybe you could not answer or at this time because it is fluid we know that it's changing and maybe there's something that you all are doing that you just can't answer that question right now. And so if you just say pass, fine. Uh, and I think the audience watching will understand if you just say pass. So. Well, and I, I appreciate that. And I will say, you know, one of the things about me and uh, and the superintendent with, with Dr. Marsh has, if anybody spent any amount of time with him, you know, he jokes all the time that he talks so much he can't lie or spin things because, you know, he, he just talks a lot. And that's one of the things that's kept me in this job, to be honest. Um, you know, there are different organizations, whether it's public or private, whatever it is that they hire spin doctors. And I don't, I, I, could, I, I couldn't do that, you know, especially knowing that the people in this community are my neighbors. They're my friends. They're, you know, they're not just my colleagues. And I'm a taxpayer, you're a taxpayer. Um, I, I'm not going to, lie you know the only times we can't say things is if it's a, a privacy violation or a legal obligation and i will 
be straight up with people and say that, you know, I know the news media sometimes gets frustrated with us when we can't, you know, if there's a COVID case right now, people get frustrated that we can't confirm it or give a name or tell a grade. And, you know, the, those are things that are bound by federal laws. Um, and I'm not going to jail for anybody. <laughs> I'm not, you know, right. I joke about that, you know. Um, so those are really the only times, you know, and if something's in the works or in development, we'll tell them, we'll say, you know, that it it is changing or, you know, give us a few minutes, give us a few days and let us figure it out and we'll move on. Well, and I, I and I completely understand that because I too work at a facility in Hilliard. And um, I think of that as well for our customers. I'm going to run into you at Kroger. I'm going to run into you at, at Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart or wherever it might be or the park. And, and I want to be able to look you in the eye. And, and that's, I think for those of us that have lived in Hilliard for a while, um, and work in Hilliard, when we see people we know in Hilliard, we don't want to have to run the other way or like, you know what I mean? Look look the other way and say, Absolutely. oh, here we, here we go. And so I think that that is, that transparency is fantastic. Um, the other thing I would say too, just as we lead up to, the, to some questions I have for you is, um, going back to last year when this all started, or last year, gosh, <laughs> it feels like it doesn't. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go back to March, I guess it would be when this all started. Um, I have to say that one of the things I'm most thankful for is that Hilliard is so far out ahead and leading from ahead that they were ready. Um, there were schools that weren't. And so, you know, every school is different. Every, there's a lot of factors there. But I, I want to say that, that I was thankful that my kids were in a school district that was ready and prepared for a quick move. Um, and so I think that, that takes us into maybe some of the questions for you. So what is it like? What was it like? Um, then in March and then throughout the summer and then even now. So I think there's almost three phases. There was the, okay, we got to circle the wagons and get this done because there's we're shutting everything down. I mean, as a you know, we, we have a small business, so I, I know what it was like for us. I can't imagine what it was like for a school district, but what was it like March, then this summer trying to plan, what could it look like going back? And even now, what are you guys going through now really on a weekly or almost daily basis, depending on what Governor Hawaiian decides with what color the county's gonna be. Sure, well, and you know, and I would, I to start it, I would say this was on our radar, probably starting in maybe January, if, if I can remember back that far, because we had um, t students and faculty that were going to Taiwan for spring break. Uh -huh. So when this first, you know, started happening overseas and we're like, we gotta cancel the trip or we don't have to cancel the trip, and you know, I'll be, I'm be totally honest. I was one of the ones that said, "Oh, come on, this is, you know, this." I, I didn't think it was going to be as big as it was, um, and as serious as it was. So, you know, thankfully, we have a whole team that works together, and um, our assistant superintendent Vicki Clark was on the phone constantly with, um, you know, just working on those spring break trips. And do we cancel spring break? Then it starts getting into February, and even into the beginning of March. You know, when clearly we're seeing more and more and you know the hard part is there's so much conflicting information and um as parents and community members in our district people hear and believe and accept uh, different things right. um you know our whole country is divided that way and you know it's 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 I don't expect people to change their opinions because of what I'm saying. Um, you know, there are some things that are fact, but then you can find somebody else to say that's not a fact. So it's, it's just a, it's a really crazy time we're living in. But, you know, when it came to March 13th was our last day in school, which I will never forget because it was a Friday the 13th and it just 
added to the surrealism of all of this, yeah. you know, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think, I, Dr. Marshhausen said a few times, like he, he did think that that might be the end of it for the school year. And again, I think I probably, you know, and he had a daughter, you know, that was a senior. I had a son that was a senior, you know, we were worried about that. Um, I, I don't think I believed that that was going to be it for the end of the school year, let alone here we are today. Right. You know, yeah. I don't know if that was my, I'm not usually a naive person either. That's what's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, but it, it was tough. And, you know, we are thankful that in, and very lucky as parents um, and community members that we did have a one-to-one -one program that all of our kids had iPads already. Uh, you know, we when we were gonna shut down, I think we gave our elementary schools, because the elementary kids K through fourth grade did not take their iPads home. And I think they had one to two days for those teachers to give the iPads to their kids, teach them what Canvas really is and how to log on and how to find, you know, the elementary kids use different programs, ST Math and all these different things. And they, they had like a day a uh, day or two to, to teach them that because we knew moms and dads are going through so much with their jobs being shifted right. so much that, you know, whatever it was. And, and you say, you know, building the bike as we rode it. No kidding. I mean, you know, it, and everybody in hindsight admits that, you know, the spring was not what we would hope that it is now. Um, you know, it was, it was rough. Uh, you know, our, our teachers did everything they could. I mean, talk about respect for teachers and right. and that was the one thing in our community that was absolutely amazing to me the love and support of our teachers finally is at a place where it needs to be because I think you know uh, up until then um, it's not that parents didn't well parents didn't understand it and I, I always said that about myself when I you know my job is to tell the story of our district and anytime I talk to teachers or principals and I say tell me what's happening what's in the classroom because me as a mom and a non-educator and I have two boys so when I when my boys would get home from school what'd you do for lunch and recess you know that's about all yeah. normal parents get mm -hmm. so if we can explain you know why are they using Legos in math or why are they, you know, doing this or that, um, you know, and I think parents quickly got an understanding of what happens during the school day and, and it was bumpy and it was ugly and, you know, but parents had, and I think they still do have a, such a unique appreciation finally for our teachers and what they do and what they go through. And, you know, at the time our teachers were going through the same thing and, and people were scared. Like people didn't know, is this going to kill children? Is this going to kill my grandmother? Is this going to kill my family? You know, am I immunocompromised? You know, so there, there was so much at that point. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's fair to say there was a little of let's all just get through this. And, you know, I think it was a week or two in to us being home that we were like, wow, this is it. We're done for the year. Yeah. And I, I can remember being in a meeting and somebody, it was probably April. So a month and a half before graduations and somebody brought up graduations. And it, it was at that moment, the mom and me for the first time came out, yeah. I had to leave the meeting. I'm not a crier. First of all, let me tell you, like in public, <laughs> I'm not a crier. So I had, I like looked around the room and there were tears in my eyes. I'm like, I got to get out of this room right now. And I, I, it, it hit me. So, you know, when, when community members or people hit back at us sometimes like that was that was the hardest when they said we're not working hard enough right. to find a way to do different things that that's what hurt that's what hit the district and i'm not making excuses i mean 
you know, we were all, everybody is and was at wit's end, you know, everybody's done with this. Like you, you talk to anybody and everyone's just done with this. And at that time when it was at the peak of scariness and not knowing and, you know, what are we going to do and missing graduations and all those things, you know, um, it, it was, it was crazy. Uh, you know, I will say again, on a personal side that my son at one point joked, you know, because people were so great to the seniors. You know, the class of 2020 got more than I think any other normal class, if you want to call it that, God. He at one point said, wow, I'm kind of tired of being celebrated. <laughs> so, but, but I, and, and that's not all kids. I get it. You know, I mean, there were some kids and, and he also didn't play a sport at the time. So I get those kids that lost their seasons or lost their orchestra or lost their spring plays or, you know, there, there were things and I kept, one of my things I kept trying to keep in mind is, you know, when a kid says they're devastated or a parent says they're devastated, that's a huge word with a huge meaning, but it was a real feeling. Right. And to say that kids, I mean, didn't your son lose a baseball? I mean, like there was baseball. So, so things were devastating for our kids. Now in the grand scheme of life, hopefully parents could teach them and schools can teach them that it's not devastating, but in the moment, in the feeling, there were a lot of people, whether people lost their jobs or the schooling or the plays or the musicals or whatever sport you want to call it, it felt overwhelming and devastating. So that, that was something that was very critical as a school district we wanted to keep in mind you know how can we keep our counselors in front of students um, and, and hook them up with mental health services if and when they need it that's a, that, and that I'm gonna I want to come back to that because I think that's where we are today but um, I think you know having being in a, a the position I'm in I think you just said it the perspective changes um, perspective for parents change when I'm not just dropping off I actually have to, to do the work that the teachers do every day. Um, mm -hmm. I think that perspective changes. I think the the heat or venom or frustration that you all get, that perspective would also probably change if people had to sit in the seat that you have to sit in and make the decisions you have to make when you have to make them. I see that in our business, you know, it's people come in and, and make different things. And a lot of times I see this in small business, it's no different for the school. We're all trying to abide by the guidelines of our governor. And I won't even go down that path. I'll just leave it at that. Whether we like them or not, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. That's what we're told we have to do. So it's just like the mask and all the other stuff that's going on. If that's what they say I have to do to keep my business open and run my business or run my school, then that's what I have to do. And and I think people have to give grace. I and mean, like you said, my, my son lost his freshman baseball year in college. My daughter lost her recruitable junior year in track. And she spent the whole winter getting ready for what was gonna be a huge thing. That's not your fault. That's not, it's it, like you said, it is devastating, but it's not your fault. And that's, I, that's where I, I stopped. A lot. You got to draw the line somewhere. It's not Hilliard school's fault. It's, it's where we're at and it's just heartbreaking, but it is what it is. And um, I, so to transition into that, and that's one question I, I want to have, if, if sometime we could ever have Dr. Marshall, and maybe you could ask him on my behalf or um, whatever. I think my question is, I, and I just found this out. So there's generation X, generation Z, the next one is Generation Alpha, from what I understand, okay. because we're going to switch to Greek now. Um, generation Alpha, that's my question, is what are we, and I don't mean Hilliard schools, I mean we as the society, as the world right now, what are we doing to Generation Alpha? Because we um, always complain now that everybody gets an award, everybody gets a ribbon, right? Now nobody gets one. And so I'm curious what experts like a Dr. Marshausen, who's who's an expert that I respect so much. 
what to what I wonder what he would think or even you know you've been close enough to him you probably have some idea I think it goes to the mental health it goes to the loss that the, that the kids even today when we're hybrid and again that's not your I'm not no no, no I get it what do you think generation alpha how are they we know they're not dealing well with it because they've been used to getting everything i mean it's on their phone right it's they don't have to wait for anything not even a movie anymore it's like they can go to netflix so a really long answer question but what do you think of generation alpha um and you said it mental health all those things how as a district do you guys look at that because i know that that's something that you have to look at as well so i think there there's two sides to it you know one is what are they getting from parents at home and what are they getting from their school district? And I mean, we all know this having kids. If we react to something as, oh my God, the sky is falling, this is the end of the world, that's how our kids are gonna respond. No matter what they're getting anywhere else. What I hope our kids are getting and what, you know, we wanted something we had started working on, um, you know, as a district was sense of belonging. And that's been a very difficult thing through all, through all of this is still trying to get kids to connect. So, you know, there have been times when we've, the district has said, it, do, it doesn't matter about the curriculum lesson today. How are you connecting with your kids and how are your kids okay? How do, how do they, what is their resilience and their grit and their determination? Like what, what can we instill in them upon that? Um, clearly the academics and the curriculum is, is very important. So I, I don't mean to gloss over that at any respect, but, but at any given time, I mean, we have, you know, it, it's not only COVID right now, we've got the entire cultural movement around Black Lives Matters. And that is something that is in our classrooms right now. And our teachers are working with their students on how to process those kind of um, society and cultural changes that are happening. Um, and, and, you know, what, what it needs to be is a team effort between parents at home and our teachers and our administrators teaching these kids that God, we got this. You know, this this can suck from time to time. Sorry, I hope I can say that. But but we're all strong enough together to to move forward and move to the next chapter. Um, you know, the, the, like I joked with my son with graduation, he didn't know what graduation was supposed to look like. Sure, he saw his friends walk across a stage or whatever, but internally, he doesn't know what that felt like or what that mean, meant. So for us to just say, hey, here it is. This is what you get this year. You know. It, it, it helps them to be okay. And um, again, you know, anxiety and depression is very big in our society and, and with our kids and parents. Um, so I, 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 I'm not glossing over it. You know, it's just a matter of we have to keep pushing forward and, you know, teach these kids that this is gonna pass, like everything is gonna pass. And um, it, how you come out on the other side and, and how you find, you know, use your phone or use your iPad to get there. If it means, you know, I'll give an example with myself. Sometimes when I come home from work, I need to shut my brain off and I will watch the stupidest TV show I can find just to not have to think. And, you know, again, unscripted i'm a general hospital soap opera fan i've watched it since i was five year old with my sister like that to me is a comfort food it's a comfort level yeah. and you know we need to teach our kids how to self-care and how to how to find something it, that whether it's with their friends on a zoom or going for a bike ride or you know going out to a baseball field and trying to be carefully be careful and throw the ball around or whatever it is 
Um, that's what we need to teach our kids is to get through this and know that everybody in the world literally is going through the same thing. This is not unique to Hilliard. Uh, this is this is everybody in the world. So it's not going to be special when they go on to their next level as far as unique special. It's Everybody's going to have their story. This is their 9-11. This is their space shuttle blowing up. This is their World War II. You know, this, this is their... Uh, this is their thing and I hope to all things in the world this is their only thing you know because we certainly haven't had a, a lot of those at least in my life that were life-defining moments we've had a handful but this is by far you know going to be their biggest one I hope right and that, that's so true and I, I again I'm, I'm not paid by the district I'm not here to do oh it. I know I don't worry no I get it I, I, I think as you were talking I was thinking I'm thankful again for the district um, again, I'm not being paid to say so. I, I have no skin in the game, you know, besides my two girls that go there. But um, the district has has invested time and effort into long before all this even started. The E plus R plus O, you know, the the um, the things that you all invested above the line, all the different things that you have invested in from a culture standpoint. Those I believe are what will help in these current times, and that it goes to what you said. We've taught those kids that language, the grit. So many of those elementary schools have a, have a, a word for the year, or they had right. I mean, so I've seen that in Hilliard schools. I can I can personally testify. Not even the schools my kids go to, but just knowing you know working with some of the, the schools, I know that they all had those kind of language and those kind of terms. And so some of that was almost like a baseline before any of this even came. And maybe it was we didn't even know, but thankfully we did, so that those kids do have some things. They, there's a rock or an anchor. That they can hold on to for now and as you said we as parents have to keep and then you know obviously being back with their teachers who some of those teachers or coaches or whatever it might be those yeah. are influences and voices in their life beyond their parents because we know i could tell my kids something but as soon as a teacher said uh -huh. a, a coach yeah, yeah. they're like oh yeah okay i'll do that <laughs> i just said that a million times but um no so i'm very thankful for that as well um and I think we're actually running out of time already. It's, oh, it's God, sorry. I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. Um, Aaron, real quick, if I can say, though, I don't want people to think, again, I said I wasn't a spin doctor, and I, I will just say, it's not perfect, and I'm not saying things are perfect, and sure. we mess up, we make mistakes, and we are trying to learn and get better. Technology glitches. You know, we've had issues with technology and stuff like that, so we get the frustration. I, I don't want anybody to think that we're sitting over there at central office saying, ah, it's all roses and sunshine. Like, it. Yeah. It's a work in progress, but the pledge is we continue, we promise we're gonna keep working to make it better. And I think the, it's fluid. And that's what people have to remember, two words, fluid and grace. Yeah. Um, we're, this is fluid for all of us right now. And they know, I mean, every, I, we're you know, speaking generalities, but everybody goes to their job, they know their job's fluid right now. It changes by the minute. Some people are still working at home. Some people are back at the office. Half of the office is back. Who knows, but it is fluid. And I think we just have to continue to give each other grace even as frustrating as it is you know none of us want to be here anymore but you said it earlier too it was i thought very good point our kids are watching um and it goes back to their mental health how we react will feed we don't have to say a word it's caught not taught and so they're going to catch how we respond to oh man i gotta still work from home or oh they're calling me into the office or, i don't know it's different for everybody but um, our kids are watching and they're listening and that will help their mental health as if we see mom and dad uh, and now I'm preaching, but if we see mom and dad react in a way that's that's positive, and it, look, and I'm not, you just said it. I, I'm look, I mess up, I get mad, I get frustrated, I, 
have a million thoughts on where we're at, but none of it, you know, the important thing is I, I, we have to keep talking in the conversation with our kids for sure. Um, a couple of, so what resources are available as far as, and I know you guys will communicate like crazy, but just while we're on here, what resources are available? Like if somebody's falling behind e-learning or they're struggling to, to keep up or any of those kind of things, what resources do you all have available? Yeah, so the first thing is always reach out to your teacher. You know, you hear my kid, it took him four hours to do an assignment. Um, it, it No assignment, I don't care what class you're in, it, it, the highest AP class, you know, it should not take a kid four hours to do one assignment. So th that's feedback that if this was happening in a classroom, the teachers would see that. They would understand what's going on. When kids are at home, there, there might be a little disconnect that they might not see or your kid might be slacking off. <laughs> but either way, talk to the teacher, reach out to the teachers. They're gonna get back to you right away and they're gonna let you know, okay, we'll, we'll adjust this or we'll work on this because we know there's other classes. Um, you know, if it gets to a mental health issue, our counselors are amazing. Our counselors are working with kids. Now that we're in hybrid, they'll see them face to face. And if it's on their hybrid day off, call anyway, take email anyway, we'll, we'll get them in touch with them. We still have different counseling organizations we work with uh, a lot, you know, that we, we don't take mental health issues lightly. You know, we're gonna give it full court and we're gonna do whatever we can to work with you and your child to make sure everybody is as safe as possible. You know, and again, that's not just COVID safe, that's mental health safe and, you know, in doing what they need to do. Awesome. Well, you guys are the best and I mean that genuinely um, inside and outside the school district. Um, anytime I've worked with either you or, or Dr. Marshaus and I've just been so impressed all the time, even before COVID and everything else. And I was most impressed during um, because I know it's this is a hard road and I didn't I do not want your job. I, I feel like the superintendent job has to be one of the most difficult and it takes leadership. And, I, and I'll say that, too. I think and we can get into a whole that's a whole other call probably about leadership but i will say at the local school district level i've seen tremendous leadership and if if maybe other areas of our country were showing that kind of leadership right now we wouldn't have some of the vacuum we would still have mistakes as you said but we would have leadership and we need that and so i'm thankful for that well thank you and i'll make sure to share that you know when he goes to bed at night he's putting his head on his pillow with the lives of close to 17,000 students and over 2,000 staff members, you know? So his decisions are not made lightly. It, it's not a political issue with him. It is the health and safety of, of those kiddos from, you know, pre-K pre to 12th grade and then every single staff employee. So thank well, my you. I just turned when you said that, when you said that number. So that's something we all really need to remember. That's, that's unbelievable. Um, I don't think, again, I don't think when we see it in our little lens, we have our frustrations, but we don't think of it as I'm responsible for 1700. I mean, I have five people in my house total, including myself that, um, you know, that that's, that's a burden. 17,000 is, is a whole nother level. So, um, all right, last question before we get off. Um, <laughs> if, so social media had um, a little bit of a um, brush fire. Um, and again, they passed, safe words still in place. Um, social media had a little bit of a brush fire. I guess it was last week or I don't know, I, I lose track, but um, I, across different things. And, and DeWine, as I understand it, pushed through an order, which he does on Saturday nights at 10.30 sometimes. And those are the ones that seem to get us in the most trouble. But um, there was an order that said something along the lines of, um, and again, I, I take most of this with a grain of salt, but it was a little weird, and I think it was more for colleges, but I'll let you speak to it. 
that basically said if my kid had COVID, you guys would keep him overnight. Now, and that's what I, and so of course that got strung out on Facebook. And as you said, you can find answers, which for whatever argument you have, you can find the answers. Somebody will support your 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 thought. Um, all that to say, those are all my personal thoughts, but any truth to the rumor that you would keep a kid overnight or have COVID camp in the uh, Davidson gym? Or yeah, the- so we don't want your kids overnight. <laughs> There, there are no plans to keep kids overnight, uh, and we laugh. But I know for some people this was this was serious. Um, I, I, I don't know why it was serious. It, it, we would have to be in such a different state in this community or in this country uh, for anything. But so it does. It makes me laugh. Um, you know, part of that was that means we're going to start vaccinating kids and and giving them COVID shot or COVID testing. Like we're going to take them. We would never. Okay. I, I should always preface by saying I never say never because I don't know what's going to happen right. down the road. Um, there are, I can say with 100% confidence, there's no plans in place for an overnight camp. There are no plans to start testing kids without parents or, or test them at all. We don't even have the money to test. You know what I mean? So that like, that's, that's another thing, but we, we don't, we barely, you know, we may check for lice with kids, but, but that's that's about it. You know, we don't do anything without parental consent and input and parents with us. We this is this is a community. This is a, a, a partnership. Um, I'm sorry people got worked up. You know, there were some blogs out there that on both sides of the aisle that push agendas, and this time it happened to be the one aisle that. Uh, pushed it a little too far, I think, and, and scared some parents into thinking that this was an option. Um, and it's just, it's not like, you know, and then I keep joking. I'm like, but you can keep my 16 year old. Like, hey, David, <laughs> keep keep him for a week. Like, but, but no, it's. I had for last for the dinner on Friday night. I thought yeah, you got- exactly. <laughs> We're having a hard time with social distancing, you know. <laughs> anyway, listen, we're not going to keep the kids. We have no beds. We're, we're. I can say unequivocally, there are no plans at all for anything like that. So, thank you for asking about that. That's a good one because. Oh, yeah, I, and a lot of times, a lot of it, you just kind of let it let it roll. But, um, well, thank you so much, and and thank Dr. Marshausen. You know, um, I know that that uh, if he could be here, he would. And and again, I knew when I asked that, but I figured I'd make the ask. But. Uh, Again, I appreciate his leadership, your leadership. I appreciate your patience and grace right now that you're having with, as we just said, social media can be really nasty and people can be really, really nasty. And I understand it's not directed at you. And I think you all do a great job of understanding it's not directed at you. It's it's the frustration that we're all feeling. Yep. Um, but yep. thank you for, for being that, being in a position where you take, you take that and you take it well. Thank you for being ahead of this before it even came you guys as you said you were ahead of it we were prepared um i'm thankful that my kids are in the district that they're in and, and i'm thankful for all that you all do so and i'm thankful for your time thank you for thank coming. you thank you it's fun uh, really appreciate it and we'll talk to you real soon thank you